Hello folks, you're back with First Time Films, it's me Jack taking the reins tonight. Um, basically, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. <laughs> a long time. This is my show. Uh, not just my show in terms of me hosting it, but it's my show just in general. The Miserable is probably the best story I've ever seen or seen performed or written. Look, stop making that face. Remember I can see you now? <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Aye, it's um, just honestly a, a wonderful story and, and to see it brought to life on, on the screen uh, was a real pleasure, even before I'd, I'd never even seen it. So we're going to get into that tonight, uh, going to discuss a bit about the story itself, as I said, it's a big part of it and uh, it's a really remarkable story. There's some great characters in there as well and obviously it's a musical, so um, we've got plenty of, plenty of show tunes to enjoy as well. Um, I'm joined tonight by... My lovely sister, Mary Higgins, who's also an enthusiast of the show, um, so I know she'll be fighting my corner if there's any, any discussions. Um, also joined by the ever-present Luke McLaughlin. <laughs> How art thou? How art hey, thou? Uh, I cannot wait for this one to absolutely slate it in front of you, Jack. Just make you cry over your favourite film. Well, you know, it's not my favourite film. It, <laughs> it's, it's just a, it is a brilliant... I'll get that out of the way. It's not my favourite film, so that's... <laughs> Things that I'll probably slate it just as much, um, and, we'll, and we'll definitely go into that. And I'm also joined um, by the tough. I'm only here to hear Mary bitch about Anne Halfway for half an hour. I'm I only can't after that. wait. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. See when Smart Entertainment is going, and I get a nice wee laugh. I'm out here. See you later on. I'm very curious of this Higgins hate towards Anne Hathaway. Like, I do I not know. Where, where did it come from? Uh, I, I think well, That's... me and Mary are very like-minded, right? We do we do agree on a lot of things, and and I think just it's something about her face, Mary, isn't it? It's, 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 just her face. It's actually something about face. the way she acts, the way she makes faces. Um, I can't I can't put my put my finger on it. But, That's all but, you need to but say. Then, but then, but then right, and then we, this let this be the explanation for it, really, like a real explanation for it. Make it down to the actual grassroots of why we don't like it. But basically, we don't like her face already, and then you take Lame is a story that is our pride and joy, like something that we love and hold so dearly, something that we've went to see <laughs> numerous times, numerous <laughs> times in the West End, front row. <laughs> and then you get yeah, her cast, cast that naked mole as your fun team. <laughs> naked mole, that's what she has. She's already a bit worthless in the, in the grand scheme of Lame is. Well, obviously not worthless in terms of story but Fontaine can, I could take her or leave her honestly uh, and, and I know so, and then um, you throw Anne Hathaway in and then you throw Anne Hathaway playing the part and you're just like Whoa, as if I couldn't hate her anymore and as if you couldn't hate her face more and then you put her in a film where she gets her head shaved and then you're like fucking <laughs> but then but then she won an Oscar for it so where's your argument with that did she but is that true did you say that? Yeah, yeah. And halfway with the Oscar. It's like a Mandela effect. I'm pretty sure it's like a Mandela effect. Like, I can see her with the Oscar in hand, aye. I'm very supportive. She's done a good job in portraying it, but just, yeah, it's just. If you don't like it, you know, I think. It's just her fucking face. Me and Mary would never go to the Oscar because we just hate her face. Nah. She would never get my vote. She would never get my vote. That's why. Uh, that's why I don't know who never got an Oscar Mia Farrow she's got a hideous face sometimes I just if you want to get an Oscar take a good Renee Zellweger she might be up for one she's got a hideous face she'd probably want to get it oh poor Renee you can't say that about Renee he's got a nice look to him Mm. Renee Zellweger looks like a fucking. I always oh, just think oh, of that Family Guy. Family Guy, she's a, eh, she's an anteater, and it's I can't even remember what it is. Some other anyway. Oh my, <laughs> she does kind of look like hey, Katie Hopkins' sister. I'll give you that, but I don't know, I don't know who that is, but I'm sure she does. You don't know Katie Hopkins? Oh, Katie Hopkins, or they? I'm sorry. Oh God, I. I could be a mum. <laughs> Should we talk about Liam? Is actually no, no, she's a, she's a, a podcast about who's got the worst face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, um, we're getting the story. It's as I said, 
an absolute work of art. Um, peasant Jean Valjean, sentenced for a crime he never committed. Um, he try to think of the songs now, just to think how many years he was in jail. <laughs> well, you could probably help me out here. Um, but he stole a loaf of bread to save his sister's son. Um, was in prison for a number of years, broke out, and then he, he broke his parole and lived a life apart. How could he tell Cosette and break her heart? <laughs> so difficult, I can't. I tried very conscious not to say that I still have to break her heart. The rest of this part. podcast will be brought to you and Larry. <laughs> <laughs> like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> By fate and chance, with a little bit of hope, sprinkled on the top, you know, um, he <laughs> goes there um, and swore, swore to his dying mother, her dying mother that he would look after her and uh, basically take her to God's glory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's and that is basically it. There's a whole lot of stuff. Throw the French Revolution in there. You've got um, revolutionary soldiers. You've got um, loads of singing. It's just, I just love it so much. It's brilliant. I can't even describe it. Like I want to describe it. It's fucking class. It's just all singing, all singing, all dancing. But that, um, that's, that's something that I really like about Lima as compared to other musicals because musicals do get a bad name. Show tunes get a bad name. But Lima is a lot of people would probably put off knowing it as a musical, especially a sung through like piece like that. Um, a lot of people were like, oh, it's so boring, or oh, I can't get any it, it feels awkward and stuff, but my, in my honest opinion, and I'll let you, we'll go in and see if you kind of agree with me, um, having seen it in the stage show and that, as I have now already mentioned, uh, like, I'll, I now have a different view of it, but see watching it on, uh, watching it on the screen, it does, there are parts that I've seen otherwise that don't feel awkward, but on the screen when I'm watching it in the movie, it is awkward. Um, mm. There's some. There's even like lyrical. They've they've changed lyrics in it uh, slightly, ever so slightly, and added song, adding wee bits in and stuff. And I think that those bits are awkward. Like they could have done better with them. I think. Um, so the bits they've added haven't haven't only not improved it, but if anything, like made it worse, made it a bit cringy at points. Um, I don't know if you agree, Luke. I'm interested to hear what you say first because. You're the newcomer to the, the whole thing. Uh, but did you find parts of it awkward because of the sung through style? Uh, no, right. So I didn't know, I knew it was a musical, right? <clears throat> but I didn't know it was an actual, like, everything was sung. Like, everything to the degree of the minute details saying, okay. And that was it. Um, but, well, that was lovely. I mean, thanks. But there was, um, I, I watched Netflix with subtitles, don't judge me. So, I was just reading a lot, <laughs> so so I got to a point like three quarters away for the film. I was like, I couldn't tell you which songs which. I think it's one big song here, like, and then I, I was thinking, oh, maybe they do like a big huge song act by act. But then I was like, no. And then I can't believe they made this film based all around Susan Boyle's performance in Brent's Got Talent. It's why not. I'm not gonna lie. I was, I see that came up and she was singing that. I was like, I've heard that before. I've heard that before. <laughs> She's said, so super sung. <laughs> I typed it on YouTube, I dreamed a dream, and I was like, Big Super. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I could, I was pure, like, wow. And then from there on, uh, there was the song about um, Let the People Sing. Um, which I really liked. Um, I thought it was a Celtic song, but it turned out it wasn't. It was about the French Revolution. Um, <laughs> and then, as a, before the podcast, me, Jack, and Truffle discussion, well, I was saying how Act 1, Act 2, I was like, yeah, this is no bad. This is like a no bad film. I could get into this. And the third act, I was like, we're still at this big bloody wall, man. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Big Newt's commander for Fantastic Beasts has just came out of nowhere and this lassie loves him and she then she finds out she loves the lassie for Mamma Mia and um, Mean Girls, what's her name? What's her name? She can Amanda, Amanda Seaweed. No, no, what's her name in Mean Girls? Karen, Karen. Karen, the one with the tits. Psychic <laughs> <laughs> tits. That's the one. So I seen her and I was like, oh, brutal. And then... Uh, Borat's in it, I know. Um, 
it's a wild ride to say the least. It's a bloody dream cast. <laughs> I, not, I wouldn't say that, but I would say like a gladiator and everything. I was, I was I watching get... it, and I was like, "Big Shug Jackson is doing an absolute." <laughs> <laughs> Stop the show. I'm done. I'm done. Shuggy. Oh, that's cool. I thought, I didn't know he was in it the full time. Also, Crow keeps saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was alright. 7 out of 10. <laughs> I'm actually just like that. the best. Thanks, mate. And I'll I'll come back to you because I wanted I wanted to dig into some of those those details. Um but tough. Yeah. You've had some experience <laughs> with this um oh. of, of me like sending you videos of other Lena's characters. But do, and... do you know what happened when I started watching this see, as soon as the bishop comes on, I started watching Colm Wilkinson stinging Tennessee Walls and you Oh what a joke. Uh, oh, what, what, what an absolute he's going for it, man. I was just like big Colm going for it. Big, uh, yeah, I see, see the movie it does well like with the like the scale, like of the French Revolution. You know what I mean? You get to see like the sort of size of it and everything's like big and bold and I'm like, yes. Uh, the movie goes downhill for me, looks at about the third act. Aye, that's when you get the most red main. And if there's anything I hate, if you hate uh, Anne Halfway, I'm not a big fan of the red main. I'm not insane yeah. for the red main at all. Like, I Why just do absolutely... the red main always look like he's blind? Oh my oh, god. We were literally just discussed this. And I tell you, me and Mario are like minded. Like everything. We, have we, you we discussed just... this before that? Oh my well, god. How I think we have discussed this <laughs> I have discussed this before, to be fair. But we are just like. We just have the same opinions. I think. He's just so either of us fucking actually boring, though, isn't he? Oh, like, he, he just. He's the most bland actor I've like ever him. seen in my life. No, I despise I quite, him. I quite like him as well, I think. If, I do you know, Fantastic Beast would be 10 times better. If it wasn't Eddie Redmayne. Nah, he looks like he's got Bill's palsy every bit. He looks like he's blind as fuck. <laughs> I think sometimes he acts like, like he's acting as if he's like always unsure of things. Yeah. So he, so he looks blind. So like, he's kind of like of everything, the... he's in a constant, like, I'm unsure about being sure about things. And then... Do you know? Yeah. It does. He's, he's like he's the awkward... He's unsure the of the end of the because he's like, oh, what's happened to me and what... How have I came here and how have I managed to still survive this and all my friends are dead? He's just like, oh, I'm so unsure about things. He's just like constantly <laughs> looking into space. See, when he sings empty chairs and empty tables, like, I feel nothing. Like, <laughs> I, oh, all these people are dead. Yeah, I'll, I'll there, like, I'm, I'm, not... I'm reading out my phone and I'm just like, oh, Jesus fuck. Like, who yeah. the fuck cares, mate? Yeah. Get over it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's your pals died, God's sake. I'd be hypocritical about <laughs> things like that because I, like, just because I like hearing the, the West End actors sing it, just like the way they sing it, it's completely oh, different. Oh, the West End, the West End. But the thing is, like, the thing that makes it is the, the fucking songs, man. The songs are class. Like, oh, he's, he's singing, so I've, I've been listening to the soundtrack, like, like in preparation for today and Master of the House. Yeah, on again, I'll go like, back to my point. I don't know which song's which. It sounds like one big tune. Oh, <laughs> Master of the House doesn't look like Master of the the Part of the Subo song and the Celtic right. Symphony, and then everything else. Everything else. Did you not? You didn't like Master like, of the House? I, no, I don't know anything else. So, that was uh, Borat's song. Oh, right. Borat and Belichick's The Stranger's song. Yes, right, with you now. Okay. Well, I'm up. Uh, no, there is. Let's actually go into the, the actors and the characters, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I like most performances personally. Um, Who do you Mario, not like? Sorry for my. <laughs> Who do you not like, Jack? No, but I, I, there's people I don't like in terms of. Uh, it's hard to explain. Seeing an acting point of view, I think most of them will get pass marks for me or exceed expectations because it's a movie and you'd ah. expect the actors in it to be, well, acting what is already a really good story. But what does it let it down for me is always going to be the vocals because. Because now when you hear it, it does sound just a little bit plain. It does sound a bit plain compared to how it normally sounds. There's there's flexions within notes, and there's like at the end of lyrics, they do think you know what I mean, or they say things, or the yeah. the pacing of it is all a bit different. So 
just yeah, it sometimes just doesn't sit well with me, Mary, and and you'll probably agree because you'll come to the same kind snobs. of theatre snobs um, but you'll feel a, a, a thing theatre coming soon we <laughs> 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 should, should do that after TV let's do it <laughs> let's oh, do I'd it I'd be all about that but Mario I'll, I'll let you take the floor a wee bit on, on that um, like is there any characters specifically that you would point out as being well they, they probably do well enough in a, in a singing point of view but maybe just as well as an acting point of view or vice versa I mean, I think the two, so the guy, I, I always forget his name, Aaron, is it, how do you say his second name, Aaron Tevet, or whoever yeah. played it, Anjouras? Anjouras. Yes. And then Sam Barks, who plays Eponine, are the two probably standout performances for me, because... singing or just... Singing, yeah, no, in terms of singing, but that's only because I think they are of that kind of musical theatre background so it naturally suits that's exactly why it suits him <laughs> but I do think the standout performance is Big Shug Jackman Big Shug Jackman Big Shuggy <laughs> because I'm not going to lie as much as I'm a fan of Russell Crowe I'm not a huge fan no. of him in this no. he doesn't really do it for me and no. singing acting anything. I think like the, the role of Javert is pretty stoic anyway so it's you know, but he brings a, a whole, but a he whole brings a whole, a whole lot of nothing to that. <laughs> I, mean, I think, um, especially I think when he's always usually popping up over Hugh Jackman's shoulder. So the comparison and the drama that Hugh Jackman brings versus the kind of big black shadow of nothingness that Russell Crowe brings, <laughs> he probably looks worse than he actually is because. Uh, Com- being compared to him a lot of times, mm. um, but I singing, Andreas, Eponine, I think they're the only ones who, and Colin Wilkinson, the bishop. But I mean, he's not really like <laughs> Colm, Colm he Wilkinson. can do no wrong. I would, I would no argue wrong. that I would give Hugh Jackman some credit for the singing as well. I think okay. for the most part, he's good. But uh, again, like it just goes back to when you're when you're snobby like us, and who I'm you've so seen snobby. when you when you're really comparing to John Owen Jones. <laughs> I mean. I mean I mean, it's nothing. It's yeah, nothing. Yeah. But I think credit to them, the, the cast as a whole, because unlike other musical films, like say Chicago, Mamma Mia, whatever, they sing live in the film. So what you're hearing is their one take shot. There's no studio sound effects. There's no recording booth and then miming over it. That is them live singing, which is really intimidating to do in a film setting. I think so. I think mm. actually what they do. Is pretty decent given the fact that you know they're not musical theatre actors. They they are pretty passable given the fact that they're singing live for a film setting. Maybe, maybe that's just me being too nice because <laughs> <laughs> they're still uh, yeah, quite. I suppose, yeah, you give everyone credit in that circumstance. So, like, as you said, can't really be a comfortable environment for a lot of uh, like just actors. If that makes sense, like, I can't imagine Russell Crowe. Like, nah. Can't that to be fair, he was in a he, he had his own band, Russell Crowe. I think Russell Crowe has an alright voice, no, but it just doesn't translate yeah. to this. So like, yeah, this is not the he's not got this he's not got a theatre kind of voice at all. Nah, like the I think is, he would be alright in maybe like whatever we kind of band he wants to do. But like, I do I do think the hate against him has been overblown. Nah, I don't think, I don't think he's there. that bad. No, I don't yes. think he's that bad in the movie. Like this is just taking it from seeing the movie terms. Like I find him passable. You know what I mean? Yeah, passable's but I, not good. I think everyone because they're like so attached to oh Javier's great and everyone else who's done it before is so much better. They're like, nah, Russell Crowe is shit. <laughs> see, see to be fair, see when I kinda cast my mind back to when I first ever watched this and when I became a fan of the film and the soundtrack of the film I'd never seen the show and I thought he was great like I thought he was like you know I, I just fell in love with the story the songs and everything so I think I kind of liked everyone but it's only as the years have kind of went on yeah, and I've well, that's got that, more that, involved with the story and actors who do it much uh, better I can't listen to him do it now like, I just can't I cannot listen to it because it just makes me feel yeah. all cold inside unsurprisingly <laughs> I was the exact same um, like I fell in love with like the songs and that that he was singing, and at the time probably enjoyed like how he done it. But it's not; it isn't until you actually get into like a proper loophole of just watching these videos and seeing these these other um, performers 
like it's particularly broadly a West End performance, like sing these songs. It's just it's just a completely different. Like, I can't even explain it until until you actually go and listen. Um, and if there's any theatre fans listening, then I mean, you all to be. You all know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm going to move on a wee bit to the music itself. Um, uh, Luke, uh, what do you want to... Big Subo's song. Was there any... Like, you, you obviously go on about how it feels like one big song. Yep. And I look, feel... mate, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <clears throat> Thanks, mate. You're not wrong. There sure. is loads and loads of parallels in the sense that, like, the, there's repetition of riffs and whatever you want to call it. I don't, I don't know the technical language for it. I'm not a... <laughs> I love how Jack's like, you're not wrong, but it's for a reason, Luke, that you cannot understand. Is a, it's not, for a reason that you can truly understand. <laughs> your small brain, Luke, will never understand my West End. Unless you have been to the front row of Lena's Dallas. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what one of my favourite bits, this is one of my favourite favorite bits we've got there is when you sit in the front row and you see the conductor pick up his wee white phone. <laughs> Oh my god, you've heard it in the mere feeling about you, you're just like, oh, oh man, he's gonna fucking, he's just, he's got to go ahead, he's gonna wave his rewind. He's gonna go, he's gonna go, it's gonna happen, it's about to happen. Oh, it's just like um, the biggest innuendo. Um, but the music, the music, look, is there, was there any parts that particularly struck you, um, that like, you really liked, or, you, or was there some of the, some of the parallels that you were going on about, was there any of them that you liked? Because they usually the same music sort of follows the same stories if you kind of look at it and, and analyse so it. So the way I was seeing it was every character sings their own way. So obviously yeah. I'm, I've never heard anything of the Miserable, but I was watching <laughs> it and obviously they, were, they sing their own way, sing their own way tune. So Gerald Butler, um, he sings the, the Russell Crowe. <laughs> okay, <then. laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep going, but Gerald Butler um, <laughs> sings his own way all the way up to the the very end when he tops himself. Um, but no, there's no other songs that really point out part of me. I was just kind of buzzing when Subo came up on screen and then the wee French boy, <laughs> the wee French boy that goes through the barriers. Oh, like he's a wee dick. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him as almost as much as Redman. Like he, they, they, they come dangerously close to ruining the movie for me. Uh, the wee boy, I just wish would fucking go away. I hate when they put wee kids in movies when it's pointless. I'm not here for children. You know what I mean? <laughs> to be fair, he is, the, he is in the stage show, and he does have, I mean, identical lines as well. Aye. <laughs> he says well. the exact same things, basically the same actions. If anything. You can do more on the screen because you've got him on the back of a wagon and all that. Ah, fine. Uh, but on the stage, I, so it just comes out and, and yelps like a wee dug. Can we just agree, Master of the House is the best song? It ah, is. It's hilarious. I don't know. It's so it's, funny. It's so see, see again. Like it's one of those ones that like to see live. It's much better, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. It's just, it's, Helena it's, and Satcha are giving it. They're all here. They are giving Satcha? it everything. Sa- you call him Satcha? Sacha Baron Cohen. Is that the same as Sasha? Eh? It's just Sasha. Sinatra Baron Cohen. That's his name. For that. Yes. Yeah, really Allergy. Point in the. It's a really good point in the movie. Uh, that bit. It's the comic relief, isn't it? It's enjoyable. Because oh, the movie is quite. You need a, a bit of comic relief in a film yeah, called Lady Bird. The movie is quite hard hitting. Hitting a lot of themes about death and. And like love and people dying and, and, and death and that. So, uh, right, there's a lot of dying. I suicide, as we pointed out as well. Like, Javier just, I don't know, the most graceful suicide of all time. Yeah, just on uh, Luke, you mentioned that actually. Did you, did you even pick up that his suicide song is the same song that like Valjean uses, like Big Shug uses, right before he like, <laughs> changes his life? Did you notice that? Mm, no? I- Oh, it's basically yeah. different lyrics, but it's the exact same. Like, <clears throat> I thought there was a turning point when, see, when Shug and uh, Newt Scamander were going through the dog shite in the sewers. <laughs> the shite. But then, um, Gerald Butler was like, "I'm going to shoot you," and then he said, "If you keep walking, I'm going to shoot you." <laughs> um, he keeps walking, and then he starts singing. He goes, "Oh my God, what, what have I done?" He starts. 
<laughs> oh sweet Jesus, what have I done? <laughs> the one thing I will say is, is when he does throw himself off the bridge, and I was like, oh, it's, he's going to land in the water, and it's going to be quite full circle kind of thing. You hear his legs break when he hits the water. <laughs> His knees hit it and you hear them crack. <laughs> so I was oh. like, oh, right, just in case you don't want him in the sequel, you just make sure that he's drowning. That, that, <laughs> is, that is Tom Hooper's masterstroke. Absolutely masterstroke. Uh, putting the knees breaking. Absolutely love him. I think but, he does um, uh, from that. We'll, we'll go on a direction point. Here, can we can we talk about um, Bellatrix for a minute? Oh, yeah. um, did she use? The, she looks the exact same as she does in Harry Potter. Was this like? <laughs> did she just jump studio, like jump parking lot, and just went? Right, I'm going to film. She also looks print. the exact same as she does in Sweeney uh, Todd. Aye, Sweeney Todd, this and Harry Potter. It's like. You know, she's given her the exact same makeup and hair. And she's literally the most typecast ever. But what would you call that typecast? I don't know. Wicked. Crazy bitch. A wicked crazy woman. Aye. She's a right wicked witch. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. But she is. She's just typecast. I think a lot of. I actually think every fucking actor in that is typecast. He'll or not see Sasha Baron Cohen, by the way. See, whenever I hear him he's sing, he's the big stupid oaf. <sighs> no, no, no. But see, when see, whenever I see hear him sing, I keep thinking of that Borat sketch, and he goes, "Throw the jewel <laughs> down the window." So my country Every time can't I heard him singing, I was like, oh "My God, please sing about Jews." I was somewhat. That's the greatest song of all time. The, the Jew song. Aye, I hate uh, I hate the wee girl who sings "Castle in a Cloud" as well. Oh, She's wee, I know. I well, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'm not really big on the kids either, uh, if I'm honest. Could take, could, could leave you them. Know, I really hate children. <laughs> I mean, children. <laughs> I, it's, it's one of those things you could just you could do with them. Uh, it's, I think it's just to give like a, a really innocent, uh, like side to the story, if that makes sense. Like, it's meant to show. She kind of is, as annoying as Cosette is, she kind of, the story doesn't really work without her. Oh, yeah, so no. you just need to put up there yeah. in all shapes and ages. The same with Fontaine as well. The story is yeah. so fucking brilliantly written in that, but it's, it's just like the characters are just... Ugh, yeah. You're not really meant to like them. I, I don't think. You know what's wild, by the way? The fact that Anne Hathaway done this, get an Oscar, and she done Dark Knight Rises the same year. I'm just realising that. That's a good year. That's a good year. <laughs> It's a good year, but also Wolverine and Catwoman were on screen together, and it was very weird. Here, mm. did, did he... Oh, I was confused, right? So she's like, oh, oh, I need to send money in my way and this in. And they're like, all right, well, punt your hair and punt your ass, and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but how was she sending the money? Was it... Was she like... like Carrier post? pigeon. Yeah, what was it? Via like, post. Like direct debit. I wanted to know how she was actually sending the, the frogs. <laughs> because there's not one bit where it explains, like, I need to send this money. And they, they ask how. Hey, she still had a, po- they had a post. They had a postal service. How do you think she got the letters? But where did she get the ink for the pen and all that? Like to write the address? Oh, now you're. Now you're, <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> what Jack does with horror, you're doing with musicals right now. You're <laughs> dissecting the minutiae. You know what I mean? She sends her money, leave it be. Like, this is like the umbrella thing all over again with John Wick. I'm sick of people poking wee holes in movies. Aye. Just enjoy it. Pretty big hole to poke, though. Oh, no <laughs> way. I forgot about that umbrella scene. That was brilliant. <laughs> we spent 10 minutes talking about a different size umbrella. I'm not doing the same thing with how did fucking Fontaine send I away mean, money I could poke a whole lot of holes in Fontaine's story and character but I mean how she gets her money to Wayne is probably no one of them <laughs> here no so is it a collective that you don't like I want to know when the wee, see the wee, va- the wee vials she takes before she goes and shags them I wonder what's actually in that is that to like loosen up her ass so that they can't <laughs> Give her a good word, <laughs> Jack, Fontaine is not taking poppers and lemas, alright? <laughs> she, she, she just drank the full thing. She <laughs> fucking nicked it. I was, do you all hate Fontaine? Aye. 
Yes. I uh, thought I thought I was like, oh, right, so she got an Oscar for this, so this must be a pure beloved character. I can't, I can't believe she got an Oscar for that. My mum turned Leavis off um, after and halfway saying, I dreamed a dream. Because she's like, I'm not watching her again. I like, she dies. And she's like, I don't care. I'm not saying That's the best anymore. part of the movie, is when she dies. That's <laughs> when the movie... I'm not even, I'm not even joking. Everyone See Jack say this all the time. I see when Pontine dies, that's when it gets good. That's when the show in general just gets better. Do, it? You, just do you two get pissed off when she comes back to take uh, Shug to heaven? Uh, I, can, I can let her away with uh, that scene just because I'm so distraught that it's about to end that I don't even care that she's on the screen or on the stage. I'm just emotionally consumed with the grief that I'm about to feel when I hear the final note. I always so, get so, I think fine. it's so funny how because she she just seems to come out of nowhere. Like it goes back to him, and she's like that standing next to him. That is the story I miss. Everyone comes out of nowhere. Javert <laughs> pops up everywhere. Like, Ali G and Bellatrix Lestrange pop up out of nowhere. Marius pops out of nowhere. She rears her ugly face again at the end of the film. Like everyone <laughs> is everywhere. Yeah. At yeah. all times. I like the foreman. The foreman's my favourite. <laughs> Did you know the foreman played? Uh, yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. Hamilton. Tell the audience. Yeah, but he's also in um, Frozen. He's also in Frozen. No, what? Yeah, Who is he in sure Frozen? He's, he's in Frozen. Who is he? I mean, hold on, TBC. No, no, you're. you're no, the guy. a blowout. Are you? <laughs> Who am I thinking of that's in Frozen? No, right. So this is this is where you made a mistake. So the guy who plays oh, Hamilton, wow. that original Broadway recording. Is the guy who plays the guy in Frozen? Oh, that's what it is. The the, mm. the prince, the prince guy, or the the Yosef. Yeah, is, yeah but the guy who played the foreman in the film played the, the king, king on Broadway. Broadway. Yeah, in oh, West End. Sorry, in West End. Oh. Yeah, sorry, confusion. The foreman also played Kylo Ren's shuttle pilot in the Last Jedi. Did, Fun yeah. facts. Ooh, that's a, that's a <laughs> question, that's a question for the gauntlet. Yes, for the gauntlet. <laughs> I love the gauntlet. I can't wait. Truffles, <laughs> would a good foreman? I think I'd be an excellent foreman. Yeah. Like, they call me Philip Seymour Truffman because of my uh, character acting uh, ability. Yeah, I do think foreman could be the role for me. You know? Get your name written all over it, mate. Yes, See, I would also want to play Mikey if they did a live action recess. That, yep. I mean, yes. Uh, absolutely. absolutely yes. <laughs> Can we make Here, that happen? Mikey had some pipes on him in recess, remember that? I know, but John, I know. John, Jacob, He did, by the way. I loved recess, I will watch uh, Well, Mary, it'd be great if we could watch recess right now, but unfortunately we need to wait till March fucking 31st to watch recess. Oh, I know, I was a bit disappointed. That's taking the piss, a bit, isn't it? A bit disappointed. A bit disappointed. So I was... Are we really going to go on this again? I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's just... Back to Lehman's. Let's strike it in. Let's strike it in. We need to move on. Mm-hmm. Move Unless. on. Uh, so, directed by Tom Hooper, did we quite like his direction of Truffles? You mentioned quite a, mm. something that I never even really considered um, about the scale that he makes it and stuff. Um, I quite like that as well. Yeah, he does well with that. The thing is, I don't really like Tom Hooper normally. Like, I don't like the King's Speech, I don't like the Danish Girl, the Cats movie, it looks weird. Ah, <laughs> like, what the King's Speech? What about the Damned United? I don't know if you've ever seen that, Truffles, but that's, honestly, well, I don't really like a lot of sports It's a great film. That's a brilliant film. Uh, and I, I haven't seen it. I have not had the chance to see the Damned United. It's basically um, a brilliant do you know, film. That, but do you know what? It's brilliant, I think it's really well directed as well, and that's coming from someone who doesn't really take that much care about that. <laughs> I just seen that um, it had the word United in it, and I was like, nah, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, I forgot about that. I, no, like, I, I flip in English teams, but the one constant has always been I've never been a Man United fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I just, like, keep out of that. But no, I do think this movie looks really, really good. Like, people compare it to the, the stage show all the time, and I think it's a different experience you're going to get, obviously. Uh, but, like, the look of this movie, every shot does look wonderful, and the fact that he did manage to film it with them singing live Mary was talking about how hard that is for the actors and I do agree but it's also hard to film and to make that sound good and the fact yeah, that he's managed totally. to capture all of that 
um, and to give us the movie that he did and to be nominated for Best Picture, good good for Tom Hooper. Happy for him. Hopefully, hopefully Cats proves me wrong and is as good as this is. Cats yeah. looks weird. Uh, Mary, I mean, he's basically the man who got us into Lemus, uh, Tom Hooper, when you think about it. I so mean, we he actually, is. We owe, we owe him a pretty, pretty big deal. But, um, uh, what's, what's your thoughts in terms of, like, a directing point of view if you've got any any um... I mean I can't say that I, I, I pay too much attention to the direction of films mm-hmm. is that the right way you say that the direction of films yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no but it, it, it didn't sound right when I came, when it came out right. um, yeah no I, I mean like I say it's not something I overly consider but I think you're right I think in terms of capturing a live performance he's done a good job to orchestrate that and how that works really well and you know, it does for for a show that has such visual impact on the stage. He definitely translates that well to the film version of it. You know, you don't lose the, you you kind of get to see the full effect of the likes of the barricades and all that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I think he does he does um, display that pretty well. Yeah, he captures the, captures the mood. Cap- of the, captures the, the, the mood of the actual stage show, um, and the only things that he messages out. Or he's kind of like afforded to miss out. I would say. Yeah. One agree. thing that I would say that's maybe a controversial opinion, and it's not related. Well, maybe it's related to directing, but I do think they could have done with a bit of dialogue in the film. So I think, for example, like see the times where you've said Jack, we're on stage. It's not awkward, but it translates awkwardly into the film. Yeah. I feel like they could have just had could've. pockets of dialogue. <laughs> little just snippets of connected dialogue that would have made it more effective as a movie but i don't know if that's no i'd probably, that would... I'd probably agree with you yeah. i think i think it's been see a filmmaker like him for better or for worse like i say you're not his biggest fan but what i respect about him is like all his films that i've seen anyway definitely have a distinct vision and feel so you can feel that he does have like complete control over what he's doing so it's probably been like he's been like right i'm going to try and make the most sort of faithful adaption i can yeah. possible and he's not been like oh no we can't change this we can't change that so sometimes you can get in your own way you know making a film so it's probably been that situation here you yeah know? no i get that and I think that it would have been like tossing a coin, you know, it could have went one way or the other for them if they'd put dialogue in it or if they hadn't, because I think you with with one of those kind of cult favourite stories like Lame Is, you would have got people saying, you get the people who say, doesn't it make sense, it's sung <laughs> Not my Lame Is. <laughs> or yeah. you would get the people who would go, how dare you try and, you know, put dialogue in it, that's the beauty of it, is that it's sung, do you know what I mean? So I think... Yeah. They done base probably to just well, stick to the original. But, there's a bit um, of controversy surrounding all the kind of alternative versions of it, and even one of the most recent ones that uh, I think starred Lily Collins on TV um, got a bit of backlash as well because the writer of that, I think this was actually you that told me this, Mary, um, the writer that he basically lashed out and said it's about time someone done something with such a great Victor Hugo story. Yeah. He basically came out and said, finally somebody will do the story justice and make it make sense, was the gist of it. He tried to imply that it didn't make sense. Yeah, that um, doesn't make sense or the movie or anything that's been done. But before. I mean, it absolutely makes sense. There's been I don't a know what has actually. Well, I mean, there's... I mean, I was following it all the way up to the last part and I was like, why is Shug getting involved with the revolution? Like, what's the point? What's he doing there? And then... And then he jumps the barricade, and then he's way the barricade, and then he's like, "Oh, my my stepdaughter now loves this guy, and I need to bring them two together." And I'm like, "But you don't know Eddie Redmayne at all, Shug. So you need to watch what you're doing with him." I know. And then he, and then he was taking him through shite, and then I was getting uh, like, it's, it's a very, uh, it's I think a very it was the times as well when he knew he was going to die, and I think back then they just kind of got married on a whim anyway, didn't they? It was just like, oh, I like you, I love See, you, let's get married. time of the way it was written, it was like, it's a very romantic, very French story, like where everything's Ooh, just... La, la. Everything Ooh, just like jammed up. But see the the scene with the, the dog shite and the, the human shite and the shite in general? Um, Jack... Jack, see you in, since you were in the West End. Um, I think what you mentioned twice or twice. Jack was in the West End. <laughs> uh, how did that happen on stage like did they just 
how did they did they go right this bit? You imagine they're going through well, shit in a sewer. It's a part of the production. It's just called the Revolve, and it's like a well, this is the old production, and it used to be the Revolve. So basically, the, like Valjean would stand on the Revolve and walk around it as it's like walking like a treadmill, basically, so that he's moving round the stage in a circle, but like at a slow pace, and the lights basically shining at different points. So it's kind of like giving the effect that he's moving, like he's walking, and he's right, walking right. across the stage as well. This is a and they do point. the echoes of the sewers yeah, and the, like, echo. the sound effects see, of the water and all that. You've ever seen the pictures of the Catman of Greenock? Yes. No. Right. Have you Google, not, Jack? Please show me right now. Google, Google the Catman of Greenock right now. Have I never showed you this? What? And, um, and it's a guy who, who right, doesn't matter, he's like got all great black grease <laughs> on him and he, he eats rats and there's a bit when Shug turns oh, around in the film and he looks exactly like the cat man of Greenock <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does he absolutely does oh, that's like that's Jesus he was thought to be an absolute myth but he's uh, he's real as fuck this cat man He's real AF. We learn something new every day. But uh, there's a bit when there's a bit when Chug turns round and he's just got his clove his white eyes and I'm like, oh my god, it's the cat man Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's you Javert, I know you wouldn't wait too long. That bit's exactly that bit. Yes. I did refrain from singing, but it didn't work. I'm surprised you got to this point without having a wee sing song. That's forty eight minutes, that was pretty impressive. I just love that he used the word refrain to describe himself not saying. That was wonderful. <laughs> Good word. Good word. Why? Why refrain? Why? Endless refrains from Gaston and Beating the Beast. That's what it made oh. me think of. All right. Yeah. It made me think of one last refrain. Ah, from Ren. Yeah, right. oh, lovely. Good stuff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to... Lastly, come come back to you just to kind of round off the lame stuff before we we take a little pause for part two, um, or truffles will truffles will take over in that case. I was just grab a wee speedy part two. Is there any, is there anything like final thoughts in the movie? You quite enjoyed it. Um, there's obviously bits that you found hard to follow, but was there like any um, I don't know particularly. Is there anything particularly relatable or anything like that? Because it's meant to be this whole like big sad story but everyone finds a wee part of it that they like a wee part of it that they can get on board with um, so is there anything in it that you of note really liked um, or a particularly particularly memorable part well I mean <laughs> since I <laughs> since I went into this knowing nothing about it I was quite um, like I like going into it fresh and I was like right it's a musical that's all I know and it's Higgins' favourite film of all time. Um, <laughs> that's his favourite. That's a fact. One thing I will say, but it's very, um, it's very dark. The film, and I don't know if that's intentional. Not like tone wise. I mean, colour wise, it's just always fucking dark. <laughs> um, I had to turn my brightness and my phone right up. <laughs> um, that's because I watched your phone. No wonder it was dark. <laughs> but um, I, I mean. I didn't find it relatable, no, because I'm not French. And um, I found it weird there was all these British folk in France for a start. I and mean, then the revolution never kicked in until Act 3. Um, and they got quite passionate about it. And I didn't even know what. So they built one big wall and then decided the revolution was starting there. But Paris is a big place and I couldn't work out. I was like, Look, do they have No, no, no. The funeral. Look, see, when NDF2 is refused, that is exactly what I shall be doing on the streets of Glasgow. So, and my and my my place will be next to Cosmopol, the karaoke bar. Because when I'm well, not revolutioning, I'd like to be doing a wee sing song. Well, all round, I would say Act One was surprisingly really good. Mm-hmm. Act Two was really good, and Act Three fell on its arse. And then Han Han Hathaway came in well, and started cuddling Shug and telling them to come along and see God. <laughs> and then I got really confused. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite part. I end up like, see, for the life of me, I can't stop myself laughing. Like every time Han halfway comes back and takes them away, there I don't know what point. I find so funny. Right, I get. So I looked up the, I looked up like the origin of Les Miserables, and ah, um, <laughs> I love it when you say uh, it. <laughs> 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 Hold on. 
Det er miserable. Det er See, I get it's like it's an old like story and all that, right? But at one point I was like, why is he looking at her daughter? Like, is there any need? And then he starts doing this big pride thing. He's like, hope I've done enough. I'm going to just sit in this chapel and die. And I was like, pipe, dude, man. It's more real than like... I don't know. Any, I don't know. Any, 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 um, waving the flags, but I think see if it's French Revolution heaven. Why have they still got the barricades up? What, how's how's that? What's it? French Revolution heaven's ne- right next to French Royalist heaven. It's a but fucking then, nightmare. Then, Anne, then Anne Hathaway was singing along, but I was like, you've got nothing to do with the revolution, hen. You just wanted to pay for your win. <laughs> So you I, were just a fucking prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> you were just a wee whore that was punting her head in her ass. So you'd be absolutely no need to be here. Um, but all in all, um, 7 out of 10. That's good. I, I, that's a better score than I was expecting, to be honest. Aye, um, same. I, I'm glad you found some aspects that you could get on board. Not to be fair. I mean, I know it helped a lot and I'm, I feel really bad that so when obviously as I said I watch everything with subtitles on Netflix um, so when they came up and I was like oh fuck is this going to be singing the full time but then I think it helped me because <laughs> sometimes I was like I can never do what she sang there so I'm glad I've got the subtitles up so I'm glad I know we're on the same page and I know what she's saying <laughs> obviously because <laughs> obviously because they're singing and I'm like oh right I get it like fucking Eddie Redmayne getting the part about chairs and tables <laughs> Insane in the red mane. <laughs> Insane in the brain. Yeah. But he's talking about the furniture. He's just saying about the furniture. He's not talking about the furniture, he's talking about what the furniture represents. You know, it's, it's a drogon situation here. You know, like, it's, it's all a metaphor, man. It's all a metaphor. No, no, but like, see when he sings that for, for like, um, you're talking. Like three, four minutes, and I know it doesn't sound that much, but it's like well, it's, the most bo- it's, it's the most boring song, and but, I agree with you. And it's because I'm now scene with Tom Holland singing it. You know what I mean? Instantly better. You know who's that? Spider Man. I want Spider Man. What one? That's who I want. The new one. Oh, I've not seen that. I don't know who that is. No, no, that's good, Jack. That gives us an excuse to get someone on for uh, the Spider-Man movie, so I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have my number. First Um, thing. Shall we move on to a quick part two, Jack? Because I want... This is my podcast, um, Travels. Oh, God, what's part two? What? I said, oh, God, what's part two? I'm not prepared. It's a part two. No, it's nothing nothing really that serious. Truffles is going to take over for some quick news. Yes, it's some quick news. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is now starring opposite Tom Holland in Sony's Uncharted film. Um, basically, this is the movie where they keep directors keep getting fired or leaving because it's Sony. Um, <laughs> so what do we think? Are, are we Mark Wahlberg fans? Is he an Anne Halfway or is he a Shug Jackman? Where, where do we place him in the scale? Well, somewhere in between. <laughs> I, somewhere in between. He's not an Anne Hathaway. And I love the other guy. That's one of my favourite films. Yeah. But I fucking really hate Mark Wahlberg. That was in my to- that was in my top twenty. Uh, yeah, same. Days. I think it was in mine as well. But then you know what's funny because you know what was in my top twenty and nobody judged me for this. But yeah. the Princess Diaries was in my top twenty because oh. I fucking love that film. But that's Anne Hathaway. But I just feel like that's Anne Hathaway pre Naked Mona. Pre Hathaway. Pre Hathaway. Yeah. That was Anne uh-huh. Hathaway when she still have a half, half the world. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yep, exactly. So uh, I think she, I like... she, had, she still had her innocence in Princess Day. Yeah, and innocence. I just think that's she one of those, That's a childhood film. Stuff. So you kind of just like have that attachment to it, and you don't. I just don't associate it with Anne Hathaway. That's like, I just think that's that character. That's not Anne Hathaway. Yeah. But um, Mark Wahlberg, yeah, other guys is good. Apart from that, I don't really like him. Daddy's home and all that shit. Most of the stuff I've seen him in, it's just. 
yeah, he's very shamey. He's just a shame guy. And yeah, would like he to just sp- wants to be a tank, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, I liked him really. in the fighter with um, Christian Bale. Mm. I, Christian Bale runs rings around them, though. It's a wee shame when they, they're on together. Because it's pure like Mark Wahlberg's trying so hard, but he's never going to be Christian Bale. He's never going to be Christian You know, <laughs> look, are you a Mark Mark fan? Marky Mark? Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I will agree with Jackie. He plays the same guy every single game. <laughs> game. <laughs> um, <laughs> plays right back. Um, Consistent, but he'll never be banned in a match. Uh, I hated him with an undying passion in Transformers Age of Extinction. Oh, shame in it. And that, I, that movie wasn't his fault, but like, you can give him forty percent of the blame, but can you? No, you can give Michael Bay a hundred percent. Like it's just bad movie. You know what I mean, like there's nothing you can do with that. Um, Andy Serkis confirmed as Alfred yep. in the Batman. Like it, class. I'm a huge. I don't know how he's. I don't know how they're gonna. They're gonna get him to mocap an old man. I don't understand why they can't just. He can play old enough. Like he's old enough to make just dresses and great. And would you be surprised if they made Andy Serkis go in a mocap suit just to be an old guy? But does everything else in a mocap? They actually write it into the script that Alfred in this new Batman is a mocap fanatic. It's just Andy Serkis all the time dressed in mocap. He filmed like that. <laughs> I like him. Like I've only ever seen him act as Andy Serkis in Black Panther and The Devil Wears Prada. So it'll be nice to see what? him as Andy Serkis and something else. Aye, when is it, he in uh, The Devil Wears Prada? He, I, I think it's The Devil Wears Prada, or is it Thirteen Going on Thirty? He's he helps out at a magazine. He, like I oh, distinctly it's remember. Thirteen Going on Thirty. It's thirteen it? Going on Thirty. Yeah. Yeah, it's Thirteen Going on Thirty. I see him in like he's one of the the you know, oh, yeah, the fashion I magazine. He was that. Yeah, mental. Like I was feel like he just popped up and I was pure like you know that it's one of those movies you're watching on your phone and just sort of texting and I was like mother of fucking god it's Andy Serkis like just popped up in this movie out of nowhere. Andy Body Serkis. <laughs> I was half expecting a pure mocap, a King Kong character what is or something a like that. So Andy Serkis, you know how Andy Serkis plays Gollum and wow. King Kong and like Snoke, like so he does motion capture for that ah. mocap. Yeah, ah. he's like the king of mocap. Is he so, Snoke? Yeah, he's Snoke guy. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know, mental. There's a lot Maybe. of doing some really next He also directed the the Netflix Jungle Book. Thought was his directorial debut. So yeah, good for a Jungle Book film called Mowgli. Yes, it, it, did you ever see it? I seen, yes, I did see it, and it was quite brutal. It was closer to the novelisation, I think you'll find. Oh. And I seen the live action version in the West End. Thank you. Fair. <laughs> what? Front row on the West End. Uh, there's like only two stories left. Black Adams uh, got its first poster and set a release date. So Black Adam is basically um, like the opposite of Shazam. Um, that came out last year, so it's a DC superhero, will be played by The Rock. Um, it's re- getting released uh, just before Christmas in the year 2021. So when you say the opposite of Shazam, like just the other DC, like another DC. Same guy. character with like same powers, um, but like evil. Oh, is he and black. Oh, okay. Yeah. So is Shazam going to be that, I take it? No, like basically they're doing Shazam to this Black Adam movie, and then they're going to meet up and face off. Mm-hmm. And it will be Shazam versus Black Adam. But um, look, you'll probably know more about Black Adam than the rest of us uh, put together. Um, should we be excited for this movie? Is The Rock the right guy? Well, if you look at Black Adam, um, he's the absolute spitting image of The Rock. But I mean, he's a big black guy who's bald, and you could say that, but like, The Rock could be Andy like that. So. Oh, yeah, you could say Michael Clark Duncan. That oh, let's not go there, please, not again. Um, also, rest in peace, in pieces. Um, oh, rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan, what a legend of the game. <laughs> but um, Black Adam actually got casted about <laughs> 10 years ago and The Rock was up for it, so The Rock's been waiting for this film for like 10 to 15 years. The thing um, is, but he's a villain. Can The Rock be a, a dick now? Like, he was yeah, a dick but, in the wrestling. Yeah, the but 90s, if he's but... getting his own film, you can probably bet on it's going to be like a Venom kind of scenario where they're going to make <sighs> him an anti-hero. I don't want that. I, want... Nah, I don't, I don't I... So I think, well, I, I think somewhere in between, but he'll definitely be, he'll have like an evil tendency. He's not going to be like... But just, in, the, in the Shazam film, they did, they did mention 
that there was somebody who had the powers before Shazam, and they've like they show a wee silhouette of Black Adam essentially. So yeah, they'll explore that and where he's been the full time, and they'll meet up, and it'll be one big laugh, and it'll be one big race war against Black Adam and White Shazam. So ah, and then Wonder Woman will come in, and we'll unite the Justice League again. Um, but you know, I don't know. With Shazam and that in Justice League, uh, no. I'm no, because I'm not going to lie. I'd never heard of Shazam or Black Adam until like. At least I know like the Justice League and like Teen Titans and that. That's like the only. Mate, do you know what you should do for TV? Watch the Titans show. Um, I don't. I think you'll get it on Amazon Prime. But I love that shit, man. It's incredible. It's on um, Netflix, my dude. It was in Netflix. I can't find it now. I think it's moved because I was been looking for it. Um, but one last story because uh, your man Truff is on three percent. Um, it is a TV story since we have the two cornerstones of FTTV here uh-huh. uh, with us today, um, and um, it takes them a while to get new episodes because they need to watch entire seasons of shows. So we need to talk about the Friends reunion episode planned at HBO uh, oh. Max. Um, so this is actually happening. It broke with the Hollywood Reporter yesterday that they are planning a Friends reunion episode at HBO Max. How are we feeling? I didn't think it was true. Nah, it's, it's um, a true. Is this it not supposed to be like a? Is it not an unscripted uh, meetup? It's not the like an actual was, show, though. It's it's sort of up in the air just now because I've read stories that are saying it's a full-on reunion episode, but then I've said from what you've done, Luke, but they already did that because if you mind, there was a director who directed a lot of the Friends episodes and he directed High School Musical uh, and they did a tribute show to him um, like a couple of years back and they got most of the cast back for that. Uh, um, was that not on, um, that was on like Jimmy Kimmel or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been like, details are currently uh, scarce, says uh, Collider.com. Um, but they're speculating what you say, Luke, it will be a retrospective where everyone will swap stories about the series. Um, but there are other sites uh, that are reporting the opposite and saying that it could be a scripted series. But basically the argument is because Will and Grace did so poorly when it came back, Friends doesn't want to do the same. So, I don't know. In my opinion, Friends... quite was... had the same impact factor as, as Friends, though. Yeah, exactly. I know like, I'm nervous, but and even more so now with like this resurgence of new friends, if that makes sense. Like, there's people who have never seen it before came on Netflix, they binged it to fuck, and now everyone their grand seen it. So like that compared to Will and Grace, my mom watched Will and Grace, and I used to just watch a wee bit of it as well. But then there was just I, I related to too many of the gay characters, and I realised right, I need to, I need to like watch something else. <laughs> You need to drink beer and spit. That's what I you need, need to, to go <laughs> shave or something. <laughs> shave hair. Um, aye, so that's all the news of the day, Jack. Back to you. Back to I feel, I feel yeah, like... I, uh, I just want to finish off since we kind of think we don't know the TV thing. Uh, me and Mario have both been watching Watchmen. Um, both really, really enjoying it. And I can't stress enough like how much... If anyone's seen the movie and enjoyed the movie to an extent, then... Please get on board with this this TV show. Um, I'm waiting until I hear more about it to actually start watching it again. Oh, it's so good, but uh, it's amazing. What Watchmen the movie? I can understand why some people don't like it. I think it's got some really really weird aspects to it. Um, but I, I love I love the kind of laissez faire like attitude everyone has in it. If that makes sense, like it just seems mm. to be like, like a we don't give a fuck attitude and and it follows into this TV show with um yeah it's like free reign uh, to be honest but there's a a lot of, a lot of stuff happening a lot of stuff starting to be explored uh, I don't want to spoil anything because I, I want as many people to watch it as possible um but yeah it's it's all happening loads and loads of uh, reprised roles as well that I'll probably start it this yeah, week to be fair they're really interesting because it's up to date it's like meant to be present date um and so a lot's happened obviously since the eighties when the or yeah the late eighties when the, the movie was set. Um, mm. So it's it's obviously a complete follow-on from that and that how the world's changed as a result. But it's got loads and loads of relevant real life uh, themes that they explore as well with race, particularly in America. Um, I just think it's really good, and I think 
it's not really giving too much away right now, but I just know by the end of it I'm going to be fucking, like, mind-blown. Is it uh, set up for more seasons, Jack? I imagine so, yeah. I think this is the first season of, uh, I would like to think, three or something, but uh, I don't really know. I don't think anything's been confirmed yet, but it's it's HBO and they like a big meaty series, so I would be, yeah, I would be likely to say that that would be, that would happen. Um, Matt, have you got anything to say on it? I want you to kind of reiterate my point because I feel like I'm just talking directly to people. About Watchmen? About Watchmen in general, yeah. Like I've, uh, I, uh, I mean, I would never, ever have picked to watch Watchmen. Like, it doesn't really tick a lot of boxes for me on the surface of it. I just thought the film in general never had appealed to me purely because I didn't really know much about it, but having heard bits uh, of, of what I did know about it didn't overly appealed to me however once I watched it I was com- like literally I think six seven minutes into the film and the tv series I was saying to you like oh my god this is amazing um so I think everyone should absolutely give it a shot even if you think that it might not be the kind of thing you're into and I think the tv show in particular explores so many themes that it can kind of capture everyone's attention regardless of kind of what style of TV shows you're into I think it's mm-hmm. something for everyone on it um, and it's class it's just so good you should just all watch it it's enough of Basically. a it's enough of a superhero fantasy world but it's got like such a real humanistic it's, it's, it's kind of like magical it. realism almost yeah, like how you would just, yeah that's what something that the, the movie I think done really well as well with the whole Dr. Manhattan thing and yeah and, um, I, I know a lot of people will probably disagree that they thought it was strange or whatever but I, I really liked it because it's it's like this idea that everyone's a superhero but there's literally like one actual superhero or there's like one actual effectively yeah. like a god um, yeah. it's, and it's just how people would react around that and it's just now now what's so interesting about the TV show is like what masks represent and that's always been yep. a watchman in general like the Rorschach mask why he wears a mask in general why Silk Spectre wears a mask um, and why all the superheroes really why are they what are they escaping or what are they trying to get away from um, yeah. and that's now only becoming the essence of the TV show because the TV show just got yeah, just dove right in it and it was like this is this is a situation, there's a race issue, blah de blah, we've got masks, and you're just kind of like, just going to sit back and enjoy the ride, but now it's getting, it's really delving into the, the abyss, uh, delving into like what Watchmen movie had tried to explain. Can I ask you yeah. a question? Um, yeah. I haven't seen Night Owl in any of the promotional materials for it, does he show up in the series so, at all? So he's now been name dropped as of uh-huh. the fourth episode, right? right. Well, the third uh, episode was it not? It was name dropped in the third episode. It was. Sorry, it was the third Aye. episode. Have you watched the fourth one yet, Mary? No, not yet. No. So because the fourth one it gets wild. I was like, what? Anyway, third, <laughs> uh, third one he gets name dropped. It says something like, "I'll get you out of jail." So it sounds like he's in jail. Oh, actually, it says get him out of that cage or something, wasn't it? Yeah, I said something like uh, anyone can be pardoned, even that little owl in your cage or something like that. He was basically trying to say, uh, make some sort of reference. And yeah, and, uh, and and it's like, why is that there? But it's so Watchmen that it's probably like a metaphor for or a symbolic of like Night Owl being, yeah, um, so I think yeah, that's interesting. He hasn't been, as you said, he's not been on any of the promotional stuff or even like a. Not even like a wee glimpse of him. Nah, he's not really referenced. It's, but that's the only time that's been referenced. But that, to me, alluded like he will sort of play a part, or he will be used as some sort of bargain tool. Yeah, they're not going to just reference it. They're not going to just say that and then kind of leave it at that. Surely yeah. that's got to mean that he'll have a part to play further on down the line. He might be introduced as a character in season two or something. They might be referenced through yeah, this, like you say, used as a kind of bargaining tool. To the build up of you know potentially introducing them in season two if that did i say season three there season three I you could honestly you'd absolutely honestly just recast him uh what's his name the warrens well <laughs> oh, what's patrick his face? wilson patrick wilson yeah you could definitely recast him he'd be old oh, enough um, to play him at, at, at this age if that yeah. makes 
Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Irons casting it as Osman is it Osmandis that he's that, that is the best recast I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Like, taste. I think it's so good. Uh, yeah. It's really strange because he's English. That would be more. That's more. Like, yeah, that's weird. I don't know but, why I didn't put on Again, if you, I feel like you need to watch it to like fully. Just. I really just, want. To, I really want to go and watch like, the fourth episode now. Yeah. I'm going to catch up on it because I use have sold me. David, it hooks you in, and I was reluctant to watch it. Like honestly, I was kind of just doing it because I thought we were going to talk about it on the podcast. And Jack was, you know, as we've said, you know, usually if Jack likes something, I will probably like it. So I was like, right, I'll give it a shot. But I wasn't expecting to like it. And honestly, five minutes in, I was like, this is amazing. And then we were going to watch the third episode together, and Jack was like, well, why don't you watch the movie as well, just so you get the full kind of backstory. And I was a bit like, all oh, right, okay. But again, even I thought the movie was brilliant. And it's just made me like the TV show even more. Nice. I uh, haven't watched the movie, so I. So have you seen the movie yet? Me? Have you seen the movie yet? Oh, no. I I, I think I love the movie more than most people do. Like, really? I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Oh, I'm okay. a big fan of it. Oh, like, mate, yeah, yeah. oh get the TV you watched yeah, then. I don't know why you've not given it a shot. but I don't have no TV. For ah, TV, I will certainly walk into mine. Sort of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> certainly get access to Marys and we'll sort it out for them. But um, watch it. I suppose I'll wrap it up. I hate wrapping up shows, but um, it was my show, so I'd better do that. So um, bye. Thanks very much, Luke, for coming on. I know it wasn't your favourite movie, but it's love to hear your voice. I just love to hear your voice, and and it was nice. Some nice things to say. Look, I think you should say Lemas one more time. Lemas are Look. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on, even though it's my bloody show. I'm one fourth of this bloody show. Thanks. Oh my god, man! Um, This is the this is what we (laughs) deal with on a weekly basis. Is everyone just like, oh, geez, oh, geez, oh? Like, I can't wait till this attitude either is over. Never let anyone host the show again. It's never gonna be over, bro. It's never gonna be over, brother. (laughs) Um, But I would like to say that um, boys are currently on five percent. I have enjoyed next week. I I don't actually think I'll be on next week for the first time ever. So. First time for a bit now. I know. I think um Too busy watching Watchmen next week, that's I know. I think Nikki's um hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, uh, Nikki's maybe here next week. Um and he'll be hosting the train spotting show. Oh so, right. yes, yes, um big Scottish heroine show. So yeah, good stuff. Go you Cheery times. Yeah, blend it on there. Um, thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, iTunes, all good podcasting sites. And bad ones, <laughs> don't you, mate? And the bad, the bad ones, ones as well. Yeah. Right, goodbye. Bye. 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 Right, boys, I need-